Welcome to African Insight, a weekly program that focuses on infrastructure projects across the African continent. Have they lived up to their promises? Who will benefit? How and more? All here on African Insight. A good morning, Africa, and welcome to African Insight. I am your weekly host, Derek Mazarura. And on the show, we unpack the impeccable infrastructure projects across the African continent. The great and the small is their impeccability only technical. What about the African citizen? To what degree do the projects installed by the private sector and the public sector accommodate the needs of the people? And how great is a great project? Is the big question, is it the amount it requires to execute or is the number of people it actually serves? One stupendous rail project undertaken by the leading economy in the eastern part of Africa, Kenya, is the Standard Coach Railway, dubbed the SGR, whose first phase, um, Mombasa, Nairobi, cost a hefty 3.6 billion US dollars. The China Exim Bank contributed around 90% of the financing, while the remaining 10% was covered by the Kenyan government. And celebrating its 1,000 days of operation in February of this year, the SGR is under the Kenyan Vision 2030 Development Agenda. In spite of its grandeur and its completion that was 12 months, Ahead of contractual completion date, a groundswell of interpretations surround the project. What's transparent and what's not? What's been executed and what hasn't? With us on the show to help illuminate our understanding of the Standard Gauge Railway SGR is firstly Caleb Mbiti, a procurement officer with the European Union, mission in Somalia, and secondly, we have Lillian Boyer, a certified public accountant and co-founder and executive director at the Regional Institute of Information and Knowledge Management. Caleb and Lillian, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Derek, for inviting me to the show and for hosting me. Thank you. Thank you very much, Derek, and it's good to have me. Okay, Lillian, starting with you. What is the standard gauge railway? Share inside, make us understand what are its main objectives and, and how does it seek to help or how has it helped the Kenyan citizens since the rollout in, in 2017? Uh, this is a, a multi-billion dollar project and a lot is expected from it. Is, is that dream coming true for Kenya? Uh, the standard gauge railway commonly known as the SGR, is a flagship project by the government of Kenya. Mm -hmm. You know, is a transport component aimed at delivering Vision 2030 towards uh, making the country a middle-income country by 2030. The Mombasa-Nairobi Standard Gauge Railway connects the larger Indian Ocean city of Mombasa with Nairobi and the capital city uh, Nairobi. 
It's actually the most expensive infrastructure project since independence at a cost of uh, 3.6 billion US dollars. And believe you me, we have not been entered into the books of records. Amazing. As the most expensive such project in the world. The SGR line supports passenger and cargo transportation. It runs through counties of uh, through eight counties: the counties of Mombasa, Kilifi, Kwale, Taita, Taveta, Makueni, Kajiado, Machakos, and Nairobi. And you can imagine the trickle down of the economies in these counties. Uh, Caleb, uh, a different view, perhaps. The Standard Gauge Railway, uh, I can say that despite the politics that have surrounded it, which are found in almost every other place, okay, it is a very good idea uh, for the government um, to have it because it has uh, encouraged seamless transport of people from the Indian Ocean port city of Mombasa. Mm-hmm. to the capital city of Nairobi, which is around more than 500 kilometers away. And because uh, goods uh, are now able to be transported all the way from Mombasa to Nairobi in good time, as opposed to the holidays uh, where it would take hours, even sometimes days, with uh, transit lorries and those that kind of transport the same thing to people now you can go to mombasa uh, or from mombasa to nairobi in less than five hours uh, not the eight seven or nine hours that uh, we used to take before so i think when it comes to it having impact on the people it mm-hmm. is a very well thought idea and it has of course changed the lives of many people people who it is given employment in the trains people who it's given employment during its construction and also i mean the general life of communities where it passes because of course sometimes when you're constructing these uh, uh, big infrastructure projects it comes with um, what we call the corporate social responsibilities. There are mm-hmm. people who uh, gotten water from uh, boreholes dug by the Chinese as they were building the SGR. So I think it has had uh, a positive impact on the communities that it has passed. Of course, this does not mean it also hasn't had negative impact like the impact um, it will have in the long term having passed through the Nairobi National Park. You know, Nairobi National Park is a park, is the only park within a capital city, I think, in yes. the world, if I'm not wrong. And this, since the SGR passes straight across it, then I think this is going to have some environmental impact on the National Park and also the animals and their migration, those kind of things. But I think mm-hmm. uh, the experts uh, can see how best to handle this so that the impact is not so huge that we lose our beautiful national park. Thank you for that. Lillian, um, Caleb raised what one would call uh, environmental violation. 
I, I very much agree with Caleb, especially on the revamping of the local economy mm-hmm. because of the business growth that has happened along the rail line. Yes. The issue of encroachment, you know, the Nas- Nairobi National Park is home to more than 100 species of mammals. Okay. Over 60 reptiles and amphibians and more than actually 500 species of plants and birds. They live in the park today. And as one of the few protected areas in the world, you know, the SGR passing there now raises a lot of environmental concerns. And I would say it's actually a major setback. Thank you. Caleb, could you kindly specify how politics impinges on economic development issues? Concerning the issue of politics when it comes to the development of big infrastructure projects, only in Kenya but in Africa there's a lot of political interference what I mean is everything is determined by politicians those people in power they are the ones who say what project to run and when and how uh-huh. at the end of the day there are still issues to do with personal interests conflict of interest and those kind of issues that politicians would want to engage in especially to uh, make a kill is uh, also based on the fact that our politics sometimes in most places and not only here but uh, even in other places in the world mm-hmm. they still people who depend on politicians for handouts and politicians they will always find a way of making that kind of money and I think it's through these infrastructure projects another issue with politics is that uh, uh, political interference there will always be yes, an issue to do with um, uh, people, politicians still opposing mm-hmm. projects that would help, uh, help the communities, uh, other politicians um, bringing issues where they should not be. Thank you for that. Please uh, kindly give us a, a, a thorough description of the state of general transportation quality, uh, quantity, and accessibility in Kenya, to to what extent has the SGR met the consumer demand? Lillian? In Kenya, currently, there is no state-operated road passenger public transport service. Uh What we have is privately owned and operated transport options that include uh, buses, vans, you know, motorcycles, locally known as border border, and tricycles, uh, locally known as tuk-tuk. The country has an extensive network of paved and unpaved roads, you know, a blend of all forms of travel modes, paratransit. But in particular, the Kenya railway system links the nation's ports and major cities and connects Kenya with neighboring Uganda. And uh, we boast of 15 airports with paved runways. In terms of the quality of the transport, okay. generally the entry of a low-cost, comfortable, fast and safe mode of transport to Mombasa. Incredible. Uh, in terms of meeting the consumer demand, the SGR, I think, has boosted the development of the local logistics industry. Goods loaded in Mombasa in the morning can be transported to Nairobi in the afternoon, and logistics costs have been slashed by up to 40%, mm-hmm. hence the reduced cost of doing business. 
so with the new uh, railway line, transport costs have dropped significantly mm-hmm. owing to economies of scale. And besides, travel time has reduced while accidents and cargo pilferage common in road transport has been uh, eliminated, all which translate to lower costs of doing business at the end of the day. Caleb? Again, uh, we have uh, mostly, most people in Kenya use road transport. So mm-hmm. we have um, what we call the matatus. Locally, you will hear people talk about the madres. Okay. The madres are public transport vehicles that are used to ferry people from one part of the country to the other, or from one part of the city to the other. Uh, across cities, of course, like Nairobi, Mombasa, Kisum, Nakuru, uh, Machakos, and those other cities in Kenya. Now, um, what I can say is uh, mm-hmm. sometimes accessibility, it's, it's very hard economically also for uh, a country like Kenya, which is still developing, to have a seamless and perfect accessibility of some of these facilities by everyone so yes there are places where we have challenges of course there are places that they are difficult to access there are places that the road network is very poor and they are very remote um this has been the case of course in the northern part of kenya for some years but then with now the new uh constitution came mm-hmm. what we call devolution where you find that there are local governments through this uh, most of the counties now in Kenya even the northern Kenya have opened up and they have a good network a good example is um, the network uh, the railway I mean the road network connecting um, uh, uh, Nairobi to the northern corridor all the way to Edoret all the way to Lodwa, all the way to Isiolo, all the way to Moyale, which is um, the last city before okay. Ethiopia. Lillian, anything to add or subtract? Adding on what Caleb is saying about uh, unlocking rural and remote areas, access to basic economic infrastructure and services. Uh, Derek, you know very well that a lack of access due to remoteness or being uh, virtually landlocked limits the opportunity that people have to improve and sustain their social and economic well-being. Mm-hmm. Because uh, improving access and reducing poverty, they are actually correlated. So it's imperative to note that uh, unlocking rural and remote areas in Africa seems a major challenge for the decades even to come. But however, it is also a unique opportunity to improve on the lives of millions of people. Yes. Yeah, infrastructure uh, should not be implemented in silos because to achieve significant economies of scale, we need to provide rural areas at once, the full package of basic economic infrastructures rather than in an uh, often randomly sequential manner. Impressive. What other significant infrastructure projects have resulted due to the installation of the standard gauge railway uh, describe the SGR's multiplier potential if any to support the other uh, economy driving projects are there any particular projects uh, already in place Caleb the SGR has promoted 
the building of industries uh, based on now the easy way to transport goods uh, from the coast that is from Mombasa which is the port city after they dock from outside for most companies that are doing of course are buying from outside I mean uh, international purchasing those kind of things so um, I think that it has also opened up uh, places that um, were very remote to most people like mm -hmm. Most people didn't used to to go to have fun in Mombasa because the travel is long, it is expensive. But now with thirty dollars, I mean, you can get to the port city of Mombasa and have some fun. So it has also uh, encouraged the coming up of uh, new hotels and yes. new facilities within those corridors that it passes. It has also encouraged, of course, um, the building of. Um, the northern uh, highway which connects uh, Kenya and Ethiopia uh, because uh, those projects were envisioned together and it's part of the vision 20 that to have those projects because even the SGR is supposed based on the tripartite agreement between uh, Kenya, Uganda, mm -hmm. South Sudan it is supposed to end up in those countries eventually um, of course that is quite debatable uh, based on the current state of the east african community where um, we seem to have hostility among the neighbors yes and these are also discouraged some of these projects that were supposed to be undertaken um, together or collectively thank you for that lillian there is a quite a bit of increased industrialization. You know, a lot of business growth along the SGR route. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the inevitable emergence of trade centers along the SGR route, and especially in the intermediate neighborhood of Tamini. Incredible. Influenced the new socioeconomic dynamic ground for burgeoning upstream business. Mm -hmm. And generally, the SGR has resulted to investments such as hotels, real estate, roads, you know, engineering, consulting, etc., etc. Caleb, you've brought up um, interregional hostilities. Where do these emanate from? Recently, there has been a lot of uh, rivalry between these countries, uh, especially within the East African um Peninsula, and thing is, the issues they they fight over are very minor issues. Issues to do with um, borders, issues to do with trade, um, issues of of superiority complex among the leaders. Where some leaders feel they are better than others, so they are more placed to make points or to run issues better than others where the countries feel like they do not need each other. For example, the issue of Kenya and Tanzania is a very good example. Two neighbors who must coexist, if anything, they must coexist if the citizens are to uh, survive and if the people are to get the best from their governments and from the God-given uh, inheritance, which is our land. And 
you will find that there's really nothing major to fight over. But when there's still this issue of hostility, Uganda and Rwanda, same thing. Thank you. Is is Vision 2030 likely as far as standard coach railway objectives are concerned? What are the policies or, or models surrounding SGR that could inhibit the success of transport distribution with Kenyan citizens? Caleb? Uh, it's a very good vision yes. uh, which uh, looks at transforming Kenya into a middle-income economy, of course, um, achieve um, both economic, political and social progress. Uh, it's it's been uh, carried out you can see projects like the standard gauge railway uh, they know the open the lamu ports the lapset um the northern uh, bypass or highway uh, many road projects within the cities in kenya nairobi mombasa and kisum actually the port city of kisum was opened the other day okay by a uh, the president and former prime minister Raila Odinga and uh, many other projects like the Konza Techno City um, which is envisioned to be the silicon of course like the silicon um, uh, savannah. Lillian your take uh, vision 2030? I'll take you back to Singapore okay yeah the first prime minister of Singapore Lee Kuan Yew mm-hmm. conceived his vision in 1965 for the development of his country. And uh, he had three very clear-cut goals. To make his country completely self-reliant, totally corruption-free, and to take Singapore from third world to first world country in his own generation. And he achieved all the three goals much before he died recently in the, the year 2015. Mm-hmm. Talk about Kenya. When a former Kenyan president uh, retired, Mwaiki Baki launched Kenya Vision 2030 in 2007-2008. Uh, he modeled it on the Malaysian experience and uh, drafted by McKinsey International. The materialistic goals were to, to transform Kenya into a newly industrializing middle-income country providing high-quality life to all its citizens by the year 2030. Yes. And the second one was to increase an average uh, GDP growth of 6%. In the year it was 6 to 10% by 2012. The Vision 2030 is also based on three great pillars, the economic, the social, and the political, and its implementation of six or seven flagship projects within the next few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I tell you, almost 12 years down the line, the country is struggling to have a GDP growth of about 4.9%. This is the first quarter of 2020 we are talking about. So I would say so far, Vision 2030 blueprint has not taken off as such. Uh-huh. And perhaps we, we, we may need to go back to the drawing board and revise our vision based on some fundamental core values like self-reliance, integrity and an inclusive society. Thank you for that. On the models surrounding SGR, you know, that could uh, inhibit the success of transport distribution. 
you know, development and maintenance of physical infrastructure are prerequisites for rapid economic growth and the general poverty reduction because they, they influence production costs, employment creation, access to markets, and uh, eventually investment. So clearly there's, uh, there's need for a lot of interventions and stakeholder involvement, so to speak, to inform Kenya's future strategic policy directions, which imposes a broadening set of permanent demands on especially their transport system. Incredible. We are going to take a short break, and after the break, we unravel the risk and the opportunity cost in road versus rail, mobilizing the precious human resource for sustainable capacity development, remote areas, transport prospects, interregional integration benefits, and more after the break. The SGR saga continues. Join us after the break. This is African Insight on Channel Africa DSTV 802. Join me, Derek Mazarura, as we journey through the structure beneath the structure, northeast, west, south, and central Africa to find the project, the meaning with the people for the people. Every Wednesday mornings at 8, regional, national, sub-national, from Morocco's North Africa Power Transmission Corridor to the eco villages in Togo, among many, all here on African Inside Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. Welcome back. And if you're just joining us, we are looking at the multi billion dollar standard gauge railway SGR. What progress has it made with communities and how is it an enabler of national development? Lillian and Caleb, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Derek, again for welcoming me back. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's good to be back. Now on on road versus rail, uh, which has been the most favorable for Kenyan citizens since the rollout in, in 2017? And uh, how has the SGR uh, supported the commercialization and urbanization of infrastructure capacity development? Lillian? Thank you very much, Derek. I think average trains are three to four times more fuel efficient than trucks. Yes. And they also reduce uh, highway gridlock and greenhouse gas emissions. Taking the train is a much more efficient way of moving a large number of people than uh, individual cars. Mm -hmm. Fewer cars on the road means lower pollution levels, which helps improve our health, of course, and air quality. So it is much faster and more reliable as it is least affected by weather conditions and traffic jams. Mm -hmm. I would say railway transport can carry larger volumes over greater distances, making it more economical, much more quicker. Uh, when we come to freight, it's often considered uh, cheaper than road freight because rail cars can carry larger volumes over greater distances. Uh -huh. Where in comparison, road freight tends to be more expensive, but offers greater flexibility, of course, in terms of final destination and volume of goods to be transported. 
on commercialization and urbanization infrastructure capacity development. You know, without infrastructure, there will be no investors. And without investors, there will be no jobs for our youth. Do you know what that means? Yes. I would say SGR has improved the transborder trade. It has lowered the cost of ferrying passengers and freight from uh, the port of Mombasa to Nairobi and beyond to Uganda, Rwanda, South Sudan, and, you know, eastern parts of the Democratic Republic of Congo. And the benefits arising from all this commercialization and capacity development must be translated to tangibles in terms of travel costs, travel time. So mm -hmm. how then does the Kenya Railways ensure that these benefits are realized? It's for them now to, to maneuver. Having acknowledged the creation of employment since the inception of the Standard Coach Railway to the youth, uh, which are an undebatable, priceless human resource, constitute a good part of that employment figure. How can the youth integration be sustained and maintained in debatable uh, capacities? Do such projects support local skills development? Caleb? Thank you, Derek. The youth are the most, the biggest resource that we have as a continent in Africa and as a country in Kenya. Mm -hmm. I can say that if we were to tap into the potential of the youth, especially these current generations, then those countries would do better because these are people with new ideas, new way of doing things, and new way of thinking. And yes. this, of course, is a very big advantage because human capital is the best thing that you can use to build a nation. And it's what other developed countries have used. It's not gold, it's not diamonds. It's not the minerals that we have. It's not the agricultural land that we have. But it's the brains of the people that we have. And that's where the youth come in. Yeah. Yes. Empowering the youth, giving them opportunities, giving ensuring that they partake even in the procurement processes in the in the government and even in private organizations, ensuring there's a certain percentage set for the youth and also women because you Thank find you. these two groups sometimes they are very much marginalized and they do not get opportunities that they are supposed to get. Lillian. Thank you very much, Derek. One of the major highlights of the infrastructure was skills development within the locals, especially youth in terms of knowledge harvesting and transfer. Yes. Actually, phase one of the project employed over 25,000 youth. Total transformation, so to speak. Mm -hmm. uh, quite something, yeah. So the China Road and Bridge Corporation, which is the general contractor responsible for the construction and operation of the railway, has provided also financial support for 100 outstanding Kenya, Kenyan high school graduates to receive railway-related higher education in China's Beijing uh, Jiatong University to study Amazing. communication engineering, rail transit signal and control, railway engineering and engineering management. Great. Yes, yeah, so I would say that is a good capacity, capacity development. Thank you for that. I would say learning a new skill broadens opportunities. At the same time, it empowers one as an individual. Mm -hmm. So to ensure vital skills are retained within the industry, I think skills transfer and uh, subsequent handover of the standard gauge railway operations to Kenyans has already hit the 80% mark. We are talking of uh, May 2020. And uh, it's actually a deliberate gradual 
plan. Mm -hmm. uh, as they marked the third year since the deal was signed, that was on May 30, 31, 2017, the company is celebrating a successful skills transfer program. Okay. Among 33 stations, 25 are fully run and managed by local employees. And the employee localization rate in train service and passenger transport management stations mm -hmm. has reached more than 90%. So I would say uh, local skills development is also at another level. Thank you for that. Please describe major roles that can be played by uh, public-private partnerships and the government separately to curb corruption lack of commercial viability, questionable legality status in, in order to protect communities. How can relevant quarters influence fair pricing and policing? Caleb? There should be big punishment for those people found culpable of corruption, of course, through legal means. Yes. So this would be the case. Uh, in the case of the SGR, of course, I wouldn't want to point out uh, any or to connect any government department mm -hmm. or state agency to do with corruption because if corruption has happened then it was at an individual scale and unless the authorities and those bodies that we have set to do that work then say that there was that kind of a pra practice thank you lillian uh, to answer this question, I have to stress that uh, there's no silver bullet for fighting corruption. Okay. Many countries have made significant progress in curbing corruption, and there is still a dire need for reform in public administration and uh, finance management. Uh, mm -hmm. I think strengthening the role of auditing agencies will be very critical in this and the one such reform is the disclosure of budget information, mm -hmm. you know, which prevents waste and uh, misappropriation of resources. For example, like uh, promoting transparent and participatory budgeting by training local communities to have an opinion yes. on proposed budgets of their local government. And certainly, you know, it's it's now even more easier to implement such protocols with the devolution on course. So eventually the buy-in by the citizens will be there. And this will lead to seamless imp implementation of uh, government projects. I am one person who believes in going by the power of the people. Great. Create pathways that give citizens relevant tools to engage and participate in their governments. Yeah, because they need to inform policies, to identify priorities, problems and find solutions to the problems that they are facing on the ground. In other words, um, simplifying the rules of interface is more uh, engaging and fruitful. Yeah, I mean, it's not 1990. Use the power of technology to build dynamic and continuous exchanges between key stakeholders. Mm -hmm. You know, the government, the citizens, the business, civil society groups, media, academia. This way, fair pricing will be feasible. Thank you. How do you personally think remote areas have been uh, taken into account during the development of this project? If, if this is true, is, do we have any substantial evidence on the ground? Uh, right from the starting point, I would uh, actually nickname it the new alliance model. 
unlocking rural and remote areas has brought about a new kind of alliance with the state, public and private utilities with the private infrastructure and service providers as well. Great. In what aspects will uh, Standard Coach Railway uh, champion Kenya, Rwanda and Uganda socially and economically, for instance, in their tripartite agreement, how will this aid and cement other intra-country relations? Lillian? I would say the Standard Gauge Railway is also one of the most controversial and yes. uh, I would say misconstrued project in the country's history. Mm-hmm. It's economic sense in terms of cost, in terms of viability, in terms of potential, uh, has been the subject of uh, intense debate in boardrooms, especially with the completion of the first two phases of the project. Yeah, because some people hail it as an economic game changer, while others look at it as a burden on the country, citing the high level of debt acquired to finance it. But uh, I can tell you this for sure, Derek. Whatever the opinion, one thing is not in doubt, that the SGR is a highly transformational uh, national investment. Mm -hmm. And we just need to harness it fully because uh, I believe with time it will catapult the economies of many counties and the country as a whole to a whole new level. The SGR is also in the process of uh, achieving its great promise. It's just the other day when it was commissioned. Okay. The completion uh, on the Kenyan side is critical to Uganda, Rwanda, as well as South Sudan. Yes. And they are seriously and closely monitoring the performance of both passenger and cargo business on the Mombasa Nairobi phase that was launched in uh, June 2017. So when Uganda, Kenya, and Rwanda conceived the idea of a high-speed standard gauge railway linking the three countries at a, that was at a summit in Kampala in 2013, there were very high hopes of uh, social economic transformation. Mm-hmm. And this transformation uh, visualized well-spread impact that would go beyond East and Central Africa. But uh, it's also sad that during the first year of operation, the SGR recorded a loss of $100 million. In terms of inter-county relations, I would say that once business people gather confidence that the goods they fabricate add value mm-hmm. and will reach their target markets on time. Thank you for that. Lillian, is corruption inevitable with a multi-billion dollar projects such as SGR? Corruption happens to permeate all levels of society, from low-level public servants accepting uh, petty bribes to national leaders stealing millions of dollars. Yes. Corruption cases involving national leaders are also not unique. Yeah, It has become a sort of a way of life in numerous countries. Mm-hmm. And as the global economy expands significantly during the 20th century, I think levels of corruption are increasing as well. It is actually difficult to estimate the global magnitude and extent of corruption since uh, these activities are carried out in secret 
but apparently the World Bank estimates international bribery that uh, it's exceeding 1.5 trillion US dollars annually, mm-hmm. which is sort of about 2% of the global GDP and 10 times more than total global aid funds. Incredible. Thank you. Lillian and Caleb, thank you so much for coming through. Thank you so much, Derek, for hosting me. Thank you very much. It was great engaging with you. And the scrutiny of SGR wraps up on that note. Are you satisfied with the findings, Africa? You decide. Every man must play a pivotal role in their respective places to make Africa a better place. Remember, the only thing we have is doing it right, and doing it right is the African way. My name is Derek Mazarura. Join me again next week, same time, as we explore the structure beneath the structure. It's bye for now. 